0: All right, so are you guys ready to get started with Yeah, this?
1: let's run it. Yeah, sorry, I got sidetracked because I was trying to look up
0: what Barclays is. No worries. I was thinking I have more to say about the Nets, so we should start with them. All right, so you want to start with the Nets? Yeah. All right. So right. for the Nets, there are a few things that I think are important to um, think about when you're sort of contextualizing the sort of off season that this team will face. And obviously the biggest challenge they're going to have is just how expensive their team is going to be right now. They have 12 players currently on roster. And if you include Tim, Luau, Cabarro and their first round pick and just those 12 players cost $142 million. So just yeah. like that, they are not only in the tax, but in the second level of tax payments. And Um, so how the NBA luxury tax sort of works is it's sort of a progressive progressive levels that you reach. So if you're zero to $5 million into the tax, I think you're paying $1.5 on the dollar of your um, actual salary five to 10, it jumps up to 1.75, 10 to 15, 2.5, 15 to 20. I think it's like three bucks. And then once you get over 20, it's um, 375. And so that means if say you're like 20 mil over the tax, which the Nets could definitely find themselves in that position this off season, a $2 million minimum contract would actually cost functionally about $10 million to sign. And so it's crippling. And so I think just the magnitude of that sort of um, disincentive is very important to remember when we're considering some options the Nets will have to improve this roster. Yeah. They did get a bit of good news last night when the NBA and the Players Union and the Board of Governors agreed to uh, updated terms to begin this next um, NBA season. And basically what the agreement was is that the luxury tax payments are going to be sort of um, cut down in, um, in like the same percentage of as basketball-related income. So like if basketball-related income drops, 30% luxury tax payments are going to drop. Oh, wow, okay. To make it proportional. So, yeah. That is definitely going to be something that helps out these crazy expensive teams like the Nets, the Warriors, the 76ers, mm-hmm. possibly the Lakers. So that was a bit of good news and that makes it a bit more palatable for the Nets to sort of keep adding on quality players. The They've last- got
2: some quality players in
0: Yeah, the Nets have so many good players. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they have ways to add even more. The last thing I kind of wanted to touch on is a little bit less basketball related, but more so to do with the Nets owner, Joe Tsai, who has seen a substantial increase to his net worth in the year (laughs) 2020, which I think, like, although it kind of sounds silly and like it doesn't have a lot to do with basketball, like those are the sort of things that can affect teams' spendings. Like his company, um Alibaba, I think it is, it's like an e-commerce right. company in China. So it's like the Chinese version of like Amazon or eBay. Yeah. And their stock has just skyrocketed in twenty twenty. And Joe Sai has made a ton of money. So um that could make it a little bit more palatable for this Nets ownership group to spend. That's sick, dude. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: So with that,
0: where do you guys want to start?
1: Bro, let's start with... Well, I don't know. You want to start with, like, guys that could come in, potentially? Wait, so, like, how much space do they have? So they have no space. In fact,
0: they don't even have space. So, like, how could they improve their team, though? Just by a trade? Trades, they're going to have two draft picks, and they will have the mini mid-level exception, worth just below six dollars. a little caveat and it's an important caveat for that is I probably wouldn't expect them to um, pay that I wouldn't expect them to use the mid-level exception because like we talked about earlier with the um, mechanisms of the NBA luxury tax structure, using a six million dollar um, uh, the using the six million dollar MLE, Will result in a luxury tax payment of over twenty million dollars. So, are you really comfortable spending twenty-five million dollars for a guy like Paul Millsap, or I don't know Derek Jones Jr., Jay Crowder, some guy who might just marginally help your team? Are there are any players in that sort of um, quality tier worth upwards of twenty million dollars? No. Yeah, dude. I think so. And that's why I kind of would not be betting on the Nets to use that um, mid yeah. level. But, but honestly, looking
1: a- at their roster, though, I feel like they could have pieces. Like they might not even have to do anything. Especially yeah, that's they, what they, I'm they, thinking, dude. Especially if they, they could stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they can if they stay can healthy. Stay, the, the
2: their bench growth. is pretty crazy. And obviously, Katie and Kyrie, but like guys like <laughs> Jared Allen. And even, like, Nicholas Claxton, dude, he has a lot of potential. Garrett Temple's solid. Like is an
1: absolute baller.
2: Two guys who I didn't even really know about are Musa and Karukz. I don't know if that's how you say their names. But they're both, like, have, like, strong packages. Like, they're good players. Like, I was watching their highlights that's and strong stuff. Strong they
1: packages? They've got even?
2: big, strong packages, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying. But, like... They're good players. Like I, I feel like they could compete if they can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, Karutz, I think actually started on that 2019 Nets team that lost to Philadelphia in the playoffs. So those are both definitely some guys who can contribute to this edition of the Brooklyn Nets.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude, KD is going to win a title, especially like Kyrie Irving's a freaking savage. What was wrong with Kyrie again? I think it was mm-hmm.
0: a knee.
1: Knee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Do you think Kevin's going to be the same player? No. You don't think he's going to be the same player? I do.
0: How many people have come back and just been the same player the year after they took, missed, he's like missed a year and a half of basketball and he tore his Achilles. I think he'll get back to the same level, though. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure.
2: I don't even yeah. feel like he ever really relied on athleticism that much. He's just so tall with his just skill set. He shoots over people. Exactly. He doesn't. He doesn't.
0: He's on not view, like a jumper. Wild. I'm more concerned on defense, though. Like, I oh, think true, he- because he was at a defensive peak before he got injured. Mm-hmm. I think. I just think he's probably going to be more of a four defensively, which I think opens up a Pandora's box of issues for the Nets. But we can <laughs> we can talk about that later i think um, it's an important thing to consider when we're um thinking about team building for the nets this year because obviously this is a team that's going to expect to and for good reason expect to compete for a championship but we really haven't seen this team play so that makes it really hard to sort of think about what their needs are and what sort of players they should consider adding I really think offensively, they're probably going to be one of the best offenses. Factual statement. Defensively is where I have a little bit more um, concern, especially in the playoffs, I think. In the regular Mm -hmm. season, like Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan are both decently good rim protectors, and they have a lot of guys who can sort of guard their position, like Karis LeVert, Torian Prince like those are both kind of league average defenders i would say kevin durant won't be getting exploited even though i don't think he's going to be a league average defender this year but i definitely think they will rely on their offense and probably have a on um, defense that hovers like around 18 to 22 in the league does that sound about right to you guys
1: oh 100% yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's fair
0: <laughs> in the playoffs I would worry a little bit more about their defense. I think traditional centers like DeAndre Jordan or Jared Allen, we've kind of seen guys like those get, um, see their value decrease in playoff settings, especially even guys like Rudy Gobert, who are and Rudy Gobert is one of the best defensive centers in the NBA. He's kind of had some struggles in certain playoff matchups. And that's why if I were the Nets, I would really look into bringing a guy bringing in a guy who might be a little bit more switchable. At the Honestly,
2: though, I mean, he's still got a lot of room to grow, but Nicholas Claxton,
0: he can yeah, move so his feet better than those other guys. I agree with that. Yeah, Nick Claxton is very interesting in that sort of mold of player. I don't know how I feel about relying on Nick Claxton right. to be part of my team, but I completely agree. Like, if I think it's possible that he yeah. could fill that role. If he hits some of his potential this year, he definitely is sort of that mold of player.
1: Yeah, got DeAndre Jordan, dude. Jeez. Yeah, this this team's winning the title next year, dude. If they stay healthy, it's not the same DeAndre Jordan though. No, I'm just saying though. I think this team's gonna take the chip next year, dude. Just looking at their freaking roster, if they can all stay healthy, I mean, shoot, I don't know. One thing that
2: concerns me is the fact that Miami's in the East and the way they play
1: defense. And I offense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I feel Joe Harris is, he's good. And they got Torian Prince. Oh, and I, I know who that uh, Luago Cabarro is. Plus He he was on the 76ers, huh? Wasn't he for a little bit?
0: Maybe. Uh, let me look it up. I don't, I don't know.
1: I just remember him from somewhere. He's good.
0: Um, he was good on the Nets last year.
1: Yeah, and obviously
0: Karis Levert
1: is like one of my favorite players in the
0: NBA. Oh, this Cabarro guy. Yeah, he's actually nice. Yeah. yeah, he was. He wasn't on the Sixers. I don't. Nah. know Are you sure? Yeah,
1: he was on the Cavs. It looks like. I Bowl swear time. to God, he was on Philadelphia.
0: I don't think so, yeah, but like, this guy's actually nice. Yeah, I agree. I think he's gonna definitely be an um, not an important, but I think he will be like a quality like eight man on this yeah
2: that's the thing is like their bench is all like capable yeah but definitely defense could be problematic yeah
0: he was on the sixers in 16 and 17 what i do think in terms of defense is i i know i've said this for a couple teams but i do think that this brooklyn nets team could be a prime candidate for a team we see play some zone this year yeah that's especially kd injury yeah, well, their players like Katie, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan may not be like the most mobile, versatile defenders in the world. What they do have is a lot of length. And mm. teams with good length can usually run a pretty good zone defense. So especially in the playoffs, I would not be surprised at all to see the Nets turn in that direction and have it be more effective than a traditional defense would be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jared Allen's a silly looking guy.
0: So, Kellen, yeah. you touched on a guy earlier who I kind of wanted to spend some time talking about, <laughs> and that's Joe Harris, who's hitting yeah. free agency this year, 28 years old. Um, so, theoretically, if the Nets were signed him, he would be the 13th guy on their roster. He has a cap hold of $14.5 million, which I actually think is pretty accurate for him. Like, I that's about the offer I would see him getting in free agency. That would increase the Nets' Um total salary to around $157 million, which would be well over the final level of luxury tax payments. So (laughs) Joe Harris, like Joe, Joe Cy is going to have to call all of his financial advisors before he gets out his checkbook for Joe Harris. But I do think that Joe Harris is a guy who the Nets seriously need to bring back.
1: Yeah, I agree. Dude, looking at the freaking Nets roster, it's one of the better rosters head to toe, I think.
0: Yeah. And one thing I talk about quite a bit for both trades and re-signing free agents is internal versus external leverage. And for free agents, external leverage is like offers from another team. So like, say, Joe Harris could say like i got offered 12 million dollars from the hawks so you guys need to match that or i'm leaving that would be an example of external leverage internal leverage basically means that if joe harris leaves this free agency the nets have zero ways of replacing him so the nets basically need to bend to the demands of joe harris or else they lose a guy who's going to be a core piece of what they consider a championship team so Sorry. Although there's not a lot of cap space to go around this offseason, I do think that Joe Harris is working with a significant amount of leverage in his negotiation with the Nets. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get around $14 million a year over two or three years. Similar, Similarly, last offseason, we saw J.J. Redick sign a two-year $27 million deal And we saw Danny Green sign a two-year $30 million deal. And I definitely think that Joe Harris's agent can bring those two contracts up in his negotiation with the Brooklyn Nets as sort of analogs to the type of money that Joe Harris should be expecting.
1: Yeah, dude, the Hawks could actually probably use him, huh? Yeah, I think
0: so. Did, Did you mention him
1: to go to the Hawks last
0: time? I'm sure I probably did. I think Joe Harris is a good fit on pretty much any team in the NBA because he's an elite shooter, and spacing the floor is probably one of the biggest value adds in the modern NBA, and he also tries on defense and is strong with good positional size. So Yeah,
1: he's a solid defender.
0: Yeah, he can fit on pretty much any of the 30 NBA teams.
1: That's freaking sick, yeah. So they're going to have some issues, though, in the future, like keeping everybody together, though. You know what I mean? Like you've already right. already touched on that, obviously. but right. Just, So wait, so like when their owner or whatever, so since his business that he, he's the CEO of that company? Not
0: the or CEO. Partner
1: or yeah. something? Yeah. So because it's popping off, that allows him to, that obviously have more money to pay players and stuff, right? Right. Is that what you're trying to get at? Okay. Yeah. Because I thought I was understanding that, but then I wasn't sure
0: after the fact. No, yeah, yeah that
1: helps them significantly. And they're already kind of like a decent like size market anyway.
0: Yeah, I feel like I, I kind of lose sight of and I feel like a lot of sports fans are kind of the same way that the people who are paying the players are like real people too. And obviously when you have more money, it makes it right. more palatable to spend some of it. And so the fact that Joe size seen his net worth increase by so much in this year makes That's it cool more likely he could spend. Yeah, facts. Cool. But, yeah,
1: it yeah, doesn't really down. seem like... Oh, wait, never mind.
2: I was about to say they're going to be filling up the stadium this year, but
1: <laughs> 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 they're not. They're going to be yeah. selling a lot of tickets, dude.
2: They would be.
0: They got Michael Beasley. Fastest so bu- foul out in the league. Before we move on from the Nets, I had a couple trade scenarios I wanted to run by you guys because... For the longest time, we've heard from various um, various personalities, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, <laughs> that the Nets need to add a third star. And so, I definitely think <laughs> it's be a team that's very aggressive on the uh, trade market this off season. Yeah. And we touched on it in the Pelicans interview. Where we brought up Drew Holiday as mm-hmm. a potential fit, and I actually think Drew Holiday is probably the single best, like, realistic option for this Nets to trade for.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. He's because he's super. <laughs> he's a super reliable player. I feel like. Yeah, and the like, Nets- you know what you're gonna get, like more so than like Kyrie, even. Like Kyrie at his best is absolutely amazing, but he's had some pretty low lows like with time with the Celtics sometimes and injuries and things. like Drew Holiday is like pretty solid and you know what you're gonna get and what he is is gonna help the team a lot.
0: Absolutely. and it's almost actual. And it's to the point where we can count on Kyrie Irving to miss ballpark 20 games a year. So it definitely <laughs> yeah. helps to have that secondary ball handler. Yeah, the other sure. reason I think Drew Holiday makes a lot of sense. On this Nets team, is his point of attack defense, which the Nets don't really have a great guy for that. Probably their best defender at the guard position right now is Karis Levert, and that Mm -hmm. is a scary, scary. That's pretty
2: much just because he's tall.
0: Yeah, for real. So I definitely think Drew Holiday would be such a huge value add for them, especially
2: like in the end of a championship run. Like you got to have a guy who can clamp down and lock up Tame and Lillard in the finals, you feel me?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, may, I don't think we're going to be seeing a repeat of 2018, though. I think that was a long time ago. I think the big kahuna that people have been talking about is Bradley Beal. I actually like Drew Holiday a lot better for this Nets team.
2: Yeah. Um, Bradley Beal isn't or... Uh... He's not, a, he's not an outstanding defender, is he?
0: No. Okay. Far from it.
2: Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure though. I didn't wanna. Yeah, that that's kind of just like it would just be more offense than without a defense. Exactly. Like Bradley bill' is a fantastic player, but like he, yeah, already, he would fit better on a team like the He or something like that.
0: And we already talked about how um, the Nets have the potential to have one of, if not the best offense in the NBA. Right. And that's due to their on-ball dynamism and creativity when you look at players like Kyrie Irving, Karis Lover, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant. And I think at a certain point, when you keep adding in those on-ball score type players, it does present diminishing returns. And I think we would see that with Bradley Beale.
1: Yeah. Bradley yeah. Beale, did he get... Was he another All Star snub?
0: He was All Star snub. Yep. Yeah. Dang. All NBA snub too. I had him on my All NBA second team, and he didn't. He didn't make us. I don't think he made the All NBA teams, if I remember no, correctly.
1: No, he didn't. Why can't Kyrie Levert be the uh, Nets guy, like backup? Why did they have to get? Do you say Drew? Drew
0: Holiday. Oh, uh, I just think Drew Holiday. Well, obviously he's, he's better, but I mean his skillset- cheaper. Is- Gears. Yeah, Levert, Levert's cheaper. Um, True. Holiday's skill set is just more valuable to this Nets team because point-of-attack defense is such a hole for them at the moment.
2: Yeah. I think some people have said they feel like Levert can be their third player, but other people disagree.
0: And he can be. He Don't get me wrong. If Karras Levert yeah. is the third-best player on your team, that's by no means a bad thing. I just think given the Nets' resources – and their aspirations and the strength and weaknesses of their specific team. I think they could do a little better than Karis LeVert. Yeah, for sure. The third trade target I wanted to talk about is a bit of a smaller fish, and he's someone who I think I've brought up in connection to the Brooklyn Nets before, and that's just Thaddeus Young, just a Torian prince for Thaddeus Young, straight-up swap. I think Thaddeus Young could be that sort of... um, combo big guy that can guard fours next to a Jared Allen or a DeAndre Jordan and then maybe at the end of games switch to five and kind of do a better job. Like last year, one of the biggest weaknesses the Nets had is how badly they struggled against floor spacing fives like Bam Adebayo or Daniel Tice. Well, not so much Daniel Tice, but Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. and brooke lopez i definitely think that thaddeus young could um do a better job against those sorts of players and is a bit more qualified to guard them than say a deandre jordan yeah yeah for sure the last guy i brought up kind of checks the all the similar boxes of thaddeus young while providing that third star too and by no means have I heard any rumors connecting the Nets to this player. This is just merely me, me speculating and sort of almost wishful thinking from what I'd want to see. I think this is going to catch you guys off guard, but I think a very interesting player for the Nets to look at would be LaMarcus Aldridge.
1: Really? Wow. Maybe, yeah. He's so slow. <laughs>
0: He is, but I think if you're playing him at center, I think that becomes less of an issue. And I think his recent renaissance that has allowed him to shoot three pointers would be that's uh, true. Would be an asset for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. I do think that the I I think he can guard most of the power forwards in the NBA.
2: Yeah. I just yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: no, yeah, I think that's I, fair. I think that's fair. It's just scary when it gets to anything smaller.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. And even even the more mobile power forwards, like when you look at, say, like Ben Simmons or Giannis Antetokounmpo or Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. like I think LaMarcus would have trouble against those guys.
1: Yeah. Ben Simmons is a yeah. point guard.
0: But I... <laughs> I You're not going to guard him with Kyrie Irving, though. Yeah. Guard him with one of your wings. Is Kyrie a pretty good defender? No.
1: No.
2: No. He's been a weak defender. I mean, he has good hands, kind of, but...
0: Yeah, he does have good hands.
2: He's he's been a weak
1: defender.
0: Yeah. The last guy I actually wanted... I had one more guy, another Spur, Rudy Gay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, a bit less exciting, but if you give the Spurs say Torian Prince and one of either Rodion's Karutes or San and Musa. I think they're Loki
2: like the same player, like Loki. Like very similar. Which I think two? it was the Marouk's what's his name? Marukas or whatever. It Rodion's, seemed like he it yeah. seemed
0: like he had a little more of a shot than the Musa yeah. guy. But yeah, I agree. I agree. And the Musa's guy's a little bit more athletic, I think. A little yeah, more he ball, had the floater. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's about it for the Nets. Do either of you guys have any finishing thoughts before we hit their crosstown rivals? Oh, they're going to be
2: an
1: issue, dude. That's
2: I do. I, I... I have my eyebrows plucked today.
1: Plucked? Did you have a girl do it? Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, those look great. Duff. They I, look I, fantastic. I noticed the difference, but I couldn't put my finger on it. At first. <laughs> but <I was> <laughs>
2: Okay, let's talk about these next. The did you mix do it yourself or did Hannah do it? Hannah did. I'm not doing that myself.
1: Why? I are hate just, it, dude. I hate it. What are you talking it hurts about? so you? bad. But you had it done to you regardless. Yeah, but. <laughs> uh... No, but I mean, like, if. Like, yeah, I don't know. Did she put nah, like I'm a warm it. towel on your forehead to no. exfoliate your pores or whatever <laughs> so no. that the hair comes out easier? That sounds lit, though. Yeah. I just do it. No, I can't do it. You just gotta do it, dude.
0: Jonah, mm-hmm. do you have to do anything with your eyebrows? No, I probably should though. They're a little bit bushy. No, looking, they look, looking they look, fire. They look, dude. Yours look
1: fire. No, I'm talking about like, does it grow in the middle? No. Really? No. So lucky, dude. That's sick.
2: Yeah, bro. I didn't do anything to my eyebrows until this year, and mine were crazy, bro. Like, out of hand, bro. Out of
1: pocket. And then one day I was like, yo, what the Yeah. Okay. It would be fantastic if somebody just fixed uh, AD's brow, like, overnight. Like, what if LeBron did that? It would be like a Samson situation, I feel like. Who wins in a fight? AD or LeBron? LeBron. Yeah. Facts. Yes, sir. Okay. So the Knicks, I feel like are basically like a pit
2: stop in the NBA as of right now. Like if you go to the <laughs> Knicks, if you go to the Knicks, it's either because you, you, yeah, to get money, you got drafted or no you... one else wants you, or it's because you're like, okay, I need to like just practice playing NBA basketball against other teams. Like you don't go to the Knicks to like, try to, there's nothing happening there.
1: Yeah. I got to play like 80 scrimmages this year. The or I Knicks, guess if you're Todd
0: Gibson, you just go there so you can stay in the NBA. Yeah, the Knicks are at sort of an interesting crossroads of um, just an interesting situation right now where they do have the desire to compete after like such a long playoffs drought. This is a team that's ready to kind of ramp it up and try to go after a playoff spot without having the talent or the equity to sort of put it in place a team that could achieve those goals for them. So... And what that leads to is a lot of desperation. So it's going to be interesting to see how that desperation plays out for the Knicks this offseason. Yeah. connected to um, all sorts of wonderful players like Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan. It's just... um, Dude, how much money would they give Russell? Well, he's not a free agent. He's on the Rockets, so they just pay him his normal salary. Oh, got it um also like
1: if he left what the rockets are kind of like kind of screwed
0: well he he can't leave the rockets would have to trade him but
1: no i'm just saying like if they were to trade what would they get in return well that (laughs) is a very interesting i mean
0: maybe rj can you can you trade rj barrett i wouldn't imagine I view I actually view Russell West, I, Westbrook as a negative value contract, meaning if it were up to me, I think the Rockets should be giving the Knicks um, assets to take on Westbrook's contract somehow. I have a feeling that these two organizations would disagree with me. I mean, we saw it last summer where the uh, Thunder traded Russell Westbrook to the Rockets for Chris Paul and two first-round picks. And now I think we could see a similar situation where that's a lot to, though. Two first rounders. Yeah. But that was last year where, and after this clunker of a season, Westbrook just had, I've got to imagine his value has depreciated Romited. somewhat. Yeah. So I would, ha- I would have to imagine that, that rockets are not getting anything close to RJ Barrett as a return in the Um, in a Russell Westbrook deal, they'd be lucky just to get expiring salary. (laughs) And that, and I wouldn't even advocate for the Rockets doing that because I kind of think like, as long as you have James Harden on your team without delving too far into the rocket situation, as long as you have James Harden on your team, you've got a very high floor in terms of regular season wins. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it doesn't really make sense. I forgot James Harden was there. Did that they're, that point will be fine. It does it well. They they won't be, but it doesn't make sense to trade your second best player while James Harden is still.
1: You just said team. they they have a high floor,
2: like regular season.
1: How valuable
0: yeah. is that to you?
1: Mm, I mean, I guess getting into the playoffs, it can be valuable depending on cheating.
2: I just had an epiphany about Russell Westbrook. The thing is, he won MVP because. Okay he doesn't work on any team. The only reason he was able to win an MVP besides stat chasing in Oklahoma City was because he was on that team for so long the team had to build itself around him. You can't put him on any team he does he doesn't he doesn't fit on a team you know what I mean
0: I agree That's something I've talked about on this podcast before is that when people rank point guards and debate the value of oh. these guys, I think something that doesn't come up enough is how. Russell Westbrook isn't compatible with very many um, um, NBA schemes. Okay,
2: another sidetrack about Russell Westbrook epiphany. I had the only reason okay, he is not anywhere near the same level of point guard as Damian Lillard. The only reason, in my opinion, that people talk about him as if he is is because of that rivalry and like the feud that has formed. If it weren't for that, I don't think anyone would compare them at all it's just that's been happening for a while because there's been like some heated plays between them and stuff and like at one point russell westbrook kind of looked like that caliber of player but if it weren't for that right now they would not be anywhere near the same
1: they mean that there's exponentially better than russell westbrook and exactly if,
0: it's
1: like it's, it's not just, even a close
0: comparison it's just like this psychology of it too that people like use the ink it's like an anchoring heuristic where people Think of Russell Westbrook and think of the MVP player who got triple doubles. And so once they have their um conception of Westbrook anchored to uh that description and that archetype, it's hard for them to perceive of Russell Westbrook as the player he's become today. Exactly. That was very philosophical in the way you kind of worded that. It's nice. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, ready so, yeah,
1: so, wrestle. Moving back on. The, this isn't about Russell Westbrook, dude. Well, like, it manages to sneak his way into every
0: episode somehow. No, it could it it could be because the Knicks. I think the possibility of them trading for Westbrook is a very real thing. But that thing is be...
1: here. Here, wait a second. This could be the team because they could build around Russell.
2: Oh, no, he'll never win, no matter where he is. Well, I'm just saying he was able to win an MVP and thrive st- statistically. Yeah, but if he's thriving the statistically, they're
1: him. probably going to get dubs.
2: No, not enough. The, the year what he do won you MVP, think, did they even make the playoffs?
0: I think, yeah, they did.
1: Jonah, like, do you what, think the that they could build around? You think that if you stick Russell Westbrook on the Knicks right now, I think you could build around him. It's not like well, you have a clear-cut guy that you're like, this is our franchise player right here, dude.
0: When I think of the the various reasons the Knicks failed last year, and there was a variety of reasons to choose from, the most prominent and foremost of those reasons was the combination of too much playmaking and too little shooting. So they had guys like Alfred Payton, Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Frank Neal Aquina uh, all of those guys love to play with the ball in their hands. Not one of those players is anywhere near an average NBA shooter. And with Russell Westbrook, you're just adding another guy. who He's like the
2: shooter. ultimate player. And that. same
0: with DeMar DeRozan, another player the Knicks have been linked uh. to. And so I think while you're trying to build around a team consisting of RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, it's almost... Organizational malpractice to go after a guy like Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, it would be so funny just if he went be to the Clippers. Adding to the
1: problem, then I
0: guess. Yeah, I I think it would be adding to the problem. And don't get me wrong, like the Knicks would be better with Westbrook, and their record would improve. Like when you add good players, you're record goes up. And when I, when I bash on Westbrook and when I criticize various flaws in his game, like I still think he's a good player. Is he a player that's worth 45 million? No, but he's still a good NBA player who provides a very specific set of strengths.
2: Yeah, the reason that I think Russell Westbrook is in my top five worst players in the NBA is largely in part to like, be- because of what people say about him and how, people seem- how good people seem to think he is and how good he thinks he is. Like, if he was just, like, had, like, the attitude of, like, I don't know, like, Mike Conley or something like that, I wouldn't hate on him like that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Dude, Mitchell Robinson looks like a beast. I didn't even – I forgot he was on their team. And it
0: goes back, like we were saying, to that sort of incurring heuristic. And once you're sort of in that mold of an MVP superstar player, it's kind of hard to regress that perception back down to – what Russell Westbrook actually is, especially when he's still making north of $40 million. Yeah. It's low-key similar to
2: like the Carmelo Anthony situation because he's still like a really effective player, but he hit that superstar ceiling. And then since he kind of came down from that, people just kind of started
1: bashing on him. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, also, yeah, I don't know. He kind of, yeah,
0: he played like ass in the bubble. Let's be real. Yeah, I and mean, he was injured, which has something to do with it, it's especially a player who relies on athleticism and explosiveness as much as Westbrook does. That quad injury had to hamper him quite a bit. But even when he was playing healthy, even last year on OKC, you could start to see his game deteriorating somewhat, yeah. especially the jumper. Which but was still, a, like, what was his injury? A quad eruption. Yeah,
1: but quad. like your quad doesn't affect your accuracy or your passes.
0: Well, if you're fatigued because of the nagging, into-
2: yeah, it probably just sets everything off. A little I'm just bit. kidding,
0: I'm sure it does influence. So it. I'm gonna be completely honest; I didn't prepare many notes for the Knicks. So okay,
2: you- I have one more thing to say about Westbrook. Okay, if he goes to the Clippers, I think the Clippers
0: will be worse than they were this year. Oh to- yeah, absolutely, and it I would have- be so funny. I like the Clippers, so I would hate to see that happen. <laughs> It would be so funny. What would you they like even the have Clippers? to give up? I I don't like the Clippers. I like to watch them though; they're a fun team. Yeah, I liked I, I liked the Clippers until the bubble. Yeah, I mean Kawhi is one of my favorite. Kawhi's probably my favorite non-Damian Lillard superstar. Yeah, he's
1: one of my favorites. As soon as they started clowning Damian, I got mad at them.
0: Yeah, me too. Though. I mean, they clown everybody though, so you just can't take it personally. Yeah, that's that's kind, kind of their persona. Patrick Beverly, Paul George is
1: salty because he's not saying anymore. Paul George's and biggest follower is bound, seen to, in life. Be, bound so to be annoying. salty. Which
2: doesn't really fit with Kawhi. doesn't really make that much sense if you think about it. What? Just like everything, like those type of players I was just naming in their mindset. Like Kawhi fits so much better in
0: Toronto. Like my opinion. Yeah. yeah. In terms of personalities, I yeah. agree. Speaking of superstar players. The Knicks actually have max cap space. They've got about $43 million of cap space to work with this summer. And so they're definitely going to be targeting some of the bigger names in the NBA, whether that's like we talked about a trade for a superstar, like a Russell Westbrook, like a Chris Paul where they can just have that guy traded into their cap space. Or if they go after a player such as Fred Van Vliet has been connected to the Knicks. for. I can see that
1: he'd look good in an Knicks uniform. I can see that.
0: And I definitely think he would be an ideal candidate to pair next to R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett, Fred Van Vliet, like Fred Van Vliet's about as good of a backcourt partner as you could find for R.J. Barrett, in my opinion, because of the shooting, passing, and most importantly, the ability to play off ball. Like we've seen it in Toronto where Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam spend a lot of time on ball. Fred VanVleet is more than happy to space the floor kind of run off of screens and do a lot of those important off off ball things
2: wait wasn't it Fred VanVleet in the playoffs and there was like I don't remember who it was against this year though and he like waved somebody off and he like dribbled the ball for like 25 seconds and, to try to yeah. take a game winner
0: yeah well, I think that must have been game 7 against Boston right uh, yeah probably And I was yeah. dying bro yeah, Grant Williams, I'm pretty sure, blocked him, if I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so funny, dude. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember when Fred Van Vliet, every time the Warriors got a big shot in the finals, little man would just run, take the deepest three possible we could, and it was just wet.
0: So dumb. Yeah. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet, That's I definitely... It, guys. Yeah, Fred VanVleet's definitely a guy who would be a good fit on this Knicks team, especially with – I think when you look at this Knicks team, I know they're trying to compete right now, but I probably, if I were them, I'd be more focused on building into the future. And I think that only two guys who I consider as long-term, like, future players on this team are R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. Do either of you two guys – or do either of of you have any – players on this next team you view as long-term fits No, besides uh, rj yeah yeah. rj RJ was one of the guys i said but i think i think fred fits next to rj and mitchell robinson and then presumably the guy they take in this draft you can add to that list
2: what pick do they have
0: they currently have the eighth pick but they've been one of the few teams who are rumored to want to move up in this draft uh, how old is Fred Van Bleet? I wanna say he's like twenty-four.
2: Okay. Cause I was gonna say I feel like the best thing they could do is sign like an eager younger player, like so he fits that archetype for sure, who like wants some money, wants to go to New York, and then hopefully they like he just ends up developing into like a top tier player. Yeah. And they can add pieces and keep adding pieces over the years and eventually be in a better position than they are now and be more appealing to other people to come to. Because like right now, adding Fred Van Vliet to your roster isn't going to make you appealing to other teams. Like It takes more than that.
0: Yeah. And True. back to the draft, and I totally agree with what you were saying, Kanan. That player who they have been connected to the most, and I think there was a report this morning that Pretty much just explicitly said this is the guy the Knicks want. That's Obi Toppin out of Dayton. And yeah, and that's an interesting sort of connection because Obi Toppin is represented by the CAA agency whose founder, Leon Rose, happens to be the general manager of the New York Knicks. So there's that sort of connection between the two. But, um, Put, putting that aside, I do think Obi Toppin is a inter- interesting player for this Knicks team. Maybe some overlap with Julius Randle, but you got to hope Julius Randle's not going to be around much longer.
2: Yeah. Honestly, bro, I don't know how. I'm, I'm, Julius Randle's kind of, I don't know how well he fits on any team.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was a brief glimmer of hope for him in New Orleans yeah. last year, and that glimmer was pretty much all but extinguished in new york this yeah season.
2: i was hype on him and like when he first came to la and stuff yeah i thought he was gonna be
0: good but. yeah yeah it's just it's just tough like like i don't know his skill set just doesn't really translate to like yeah so many teams because who really wants like a six eight power forward who can't shoot to yeah help in their hands all the time. Yeah. And he's
2: like, he like a pickup style player. Yeah, yeah. That's where he'd excel. Like, he should just go to the big three now. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. yeah they get- Sorry, I haven't come up with very many talking points for this team. It's just kind of such a mess. And yeah. like, when you look at the Knicks as a team who wants to sort of compete this year, there's just not a whole lot of options for them to sort of fulfill that goal.
2: Yeah, they just have to figure out a way to make make it a more appealing destination, which shouldn't be that
0: hard. It's New York, yeah. Play MSG, like as long I, as as long as Jim Dolan's around, I think it's going to be pretty hard for the Knicks to yeah. achieve that status. Is, yeah, um, play especially
2: MSG. Katie and Kyrie kind of ruined it too. Yeah, because if you're going to go to New York, you want to go to Brooklyn now.
0: Yeah, how about we just go around? and just name like what our top priority would be if we were running the Knicks this off season. Okay.
2: Get Russell Westbrook. Um, Honestly sign Fred Van Vliet.
0: Yeah, I agree with Shannon. I think Fred Van Vliet would be an amazing fit on this team. Because that sort of feeds in as a specific part of what my bigger overarching goal would be, is just build the next good Knicks team around RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. And Fred Van Vliet is definitely a guy who I think would be an ideal fit with both of those players. So signing Fred Van Vliet, I think would be a very, very much a worthwhile endeavor for the Knicks. And they certainly have the cap space to throw him an offer rivaling any other team in the NBA. So
2: Yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, that's the about... you are screwed. That's about all I can think of for the Knicks this year. They have some guys, they have a lot of guys with player options. Do you guys just sort of want to do quick fire, pick up the player option, yes or no?
2: If I know the player,
0: yeah. All right, Taj Gibson on the books for about $9.5 million. Is that... I mean, what else do they have? Yes. You'd pick up Taj for nine. And a half. I don't know what else are they gonna do. I uh, sign so Fred Family. I mean, they all no, but- I mean, yeah, and they still have plenty of money left. Uh-huh. I don't know if I can get behind. Like here, you could, here's something. <laughs> no, yeah, this. you're right. There's no way you can pay Taj Gibson nine yeah, and a half million dollars right now. Yeah, because I thought of a good alternative. You could cut Taj Gibson. And then sign him for five million dollars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not, dude, he's he's worth like I don't even know.
0: Yeah, I think nine nine I I like Taj Gibson. I don't think his NVA cruise over by any means, but I think nine and a half is a little bit yeah, risky The next one is Wayne Ellington, eight million dollars. Um I don't know. How do you feel about that? I actually like Wayne Ellington as a player. Yeah. I think his shooting is a very interesting skill, especially on a team like the Knicks. I just yeah. think the opportunity cost of having eight million of having an eight million dollar bite taken in to your uh, cap space apple. I think that is just a little bit too much. I'd just rather have. I'd rather have the cap space. I'd rather have. <laughs> That's the fair. Flexi- I'd rather have the flexibility, and if you want, you could even re-sign Wayne Ellington. So. He's just been kind of like hit and miss, hasn't he? Yeah, a bit of a streaky player. He, he actually had a solid season in New York. He was one of the very few players who could actually make a three-pointer. So Yeah, he's got a nice shot. Yeah. The next one is Alfred Payton for $8 million. Alfred
2: Payton for $8 million. I mean, what does he really bring to the team that RJ Barrett doesn't?
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. Like... I think he's one of the better, well, not one of the better, but on this Knicks team, he's a good point of attack defender. He, he can definitely defend most of the point guards in, in the NBA, and that's definitely something R.J. Barrett can't do. If you're signing Fred VanVleet, that skill becomes a little bit less valuable. I yeah. actually think this is probably one that I would pick up, $8 million. Really? Yeah, I think Uh, uh maybe I wouldn't. I, I'd be on the fence for sure. Of yeah. It of the three we talked about I think this one would make the most sense if they were to pick one up.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I actually think a lot of maybe not a lot of, but I think there's teams who could benefit from Payton and like in a second unit just to like have that kind yeah. of playmaker out there.
0: I agree, for sure. Yeah, cuz players who can defend to the NBA's best like point guards and I'm not saying Alfred Payton can necessarily do that, but he's definitely a lot more qualified than like your average point guard yeah yeah i think those players are sort of like i think those players tend to get a little bit
2: honestly that's like in my opinion might be more important than having like a second point guard to come in to score because i mean like if you have like a star point guard let's just say he's on the blazers for example if he can like give damian lillard a break Defensively, like that's more valuable to me than coming in and trying to score for Damian Lillard. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you consider you can get scoring from any position. But right. You can't really get point guard defense from. Yeah, fans. yeah, yeah. And so, uh, that Mitchell Robinson for one and a half million dollars—that's a no-brainer. Mitchell Robinson is yeah. obviously a guy who they bring back. The only scenario when where I could see Mitchell Robinson playing for a different team next year is one me and Callan talked about in the Warriors offseason preview that basically involved the Knicks and Warriors swapping picks and the Knicks giving Golden State Mitchell Robinson for their troubles. But I think that's kind of unlikely.
2: Yeah, that would be nice for the Warriors, though.
0: Yeah, especially considering the reports that have been coming out this week about LaMelo Ball being not a shoe-in, but being the overwhelming favorite for first overall pick. That's the guy in the top three who I think. Oh, know.
2: really? I thought I saw that. Wait, who who has the first pick? Minnesota. Minnesota. I thought I saw they were gonna take Wiseman.
0: They're not. They're not gonna take Wiseman. I swear I saw that. No, they have Carl Anthony Towns.
2: I know, and everyone in the comments was like, what the, like, what's going on? Why would they do that?" And people were like, "The Spurs drafted Tim Duncan when they had the freaking general.
0: Yeah, or, well, what I is it? Not
2: general. I, what did yes, they call?" Him?
0: They did david robinson the admiral yeah but admiral that's what it was i think the timberwolves selecting james wiseman they may just be throwing out a bit of a smoke screen i i like that yeah i i I would be very surprised i yeah me too for sure um i think there is a scenario where james wiseman gets picked first overall and that scenario involves the charlotte hornets trading miles bridges along with probably a little bit of future draft capital to move up to number one and take James Wiseman, which wouldn't shock me. Like the Hornets are reportedly very, very interested in what Wiseman brings to the table. But if the Timberwolves stay at one, I I think the pick is ball. That's what I would, that's what I would think too. Yeah. yeah I just saw that. And people like to complain about like the overlap with D'Angelo Russell, but
2: I honestly, I don't think there's any overlap. If you look yeah. at this, besides positional like the type of player there's
0: yeah there's not too much skill overlap obviously there are two guys who like to play with the ball in their hands but we've seen time and time again that not only is it acceptable to have two good ball handlers in your lead unit it's actually kind of like a good thing like a lot of successful teams over the past few years have had multiple ball dominant players in their lineup so I definitely, I wouldn't be worried about that whatsoever. And regardless, like it's a bit of a moot point because I don't think D'Angelo Russell is at the point where he's good enough that you worry about like, Oh, does the number one overall pick? Yeah. Facts, D'Angelo dude. Russell. Facts.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Oh dude. Because you know what? A LaMelo Towns connection could be crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then you've got D'Angelo Russell on the side. It's sort of like, There's Zach Levine. There's C.J. McCollum. They're just like yeah, it's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, bro. I I don't,
2: I don't see D'Angelo. I actually really like D'Angelo, but I don't really see him like leading a team. You feel me?
0: Yeah, definitely not. I don't see him leading the like a conference finals team. Which I think the Timberwolves have some lofty goals, and so yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't worry about that fit at all. The last player option that the Knicks are going to be facing is Reggie Block for four point two mil
2: um damn 4.2 mil
0: uh i'd pick it up yeah he's he's got he's a shooter isn't he yeah. yeah yeah he is he's when he's got it rolling too he's got a very underrated floater game i think like yeah like he can attack the closeouts like two dribbles and yeah um, kind of that 10 to 12 feet like he's very sneakily they got to keep that
2: that yeah. shooter hand you can't give yeah. that up if you're in new york
0: yeah, and for four point two, I actually, I, I, think four million is actually a very, very good price for Richie yeah. Block. So that one is probably a no-brainer for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's about all I have for the Knicks. Do either of you guys have anything you want to say before we wrap it up?
1: No, there's only one good team and one bad team.
0: Yeah. So it. Like uh, it's come to my attention now that we have the full schedule for this NBA off season that we will not be able to get through all 30 teams as I had previously hoped. So if anybody listening to this podcast has a suggestion for a team they'd like to hear before we wrap up our off season previews, just text one of us and we'll be sure to get it done.
2: Who, who, who haven't we talked about?
0: Uh, there are a majority? whole, yeah.
1: We talk about the Blazers, Warriors, Pistons, Hawks, Charlotte,
0: Knicks, Bulls, Bucks, Lakers, Hornets, Knicks, Nets. Like we've we've covered. So who,
2: maybe we should focus on like I don't know. It would be better to focus on like the teams in the most interesting off season position, or just like the, the best teams. You know what I mean? I
0: think it makes sense to focus on the teams with the most interesting off season because that's when you really get something to like sink your teeth into you yeah that's,
2: like, true, that's true that's with true with
0: the knicks we didn't have a lot of ground to cover whereas like with the nuts there was a bunch of interesting stuff i feel like yeah okay yeah, that makes sense So. Yeah. um Channon, did you see the schedule we made for our nba podcast no what is that uh, so, where is it uh well i just sent it in the group text me and kellen were thinking that um we do this one today on sunday we do two more teams On Monday, we did do a mock draft. On Wednesday, we do our recap of the NBA draft and sort of some free agency predictions. And then we'd take a bit of a break for a couple of weeks for the NBA until free agency was over. And then like sometime in early December, we could start doing our NBA preseason previews and predictions and sort of go division by division and do five teams at a time.
2: Yeah, that sounds lit. Wait, did you say there was one Wednesday
0: on what Wednesday? Uh, A week from tomorrow. Okay, or no, I can't. Not, not Wednesday, sorry, Thursday. So a week from Thursday. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I probably could do that. I have a song yeah. coming out Wednesday night, though, so I can't. You have a song? Yes, sir. On, on, on a Wednesday night? That's.
2: Yeah, because um, I'm trying to, like, usually artists do it on Thursday nights. Well, Friday morning technically midnight because um, new Spotify playlists come out on Fridays, but which is why I've always done it on that day. But um, for me, I'm trying to like push my advertisement on Thursday all day so that I can try to get a spike. So that I because that'll give me a better chance of getting on Spotify playlist. You feel me?
0: Okay. Because yeah. I don't have like the following and stuff. Okay. No, that totally makes sense. Okay, yeah, because like yeah, next next Wednesday is the draft, so I think. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Occupied with that anyway. So I think next Thursday will be good. And we can sort of do our winners and losers and just some takeaways from the draft and then make some predictions in terms of free agency. So yeah, I think. Facts.
2: I never watch the draft. I need to watch this one. I never do.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how they do. It. It's going to be all over Zoom. So I'm definitely excited. Oh, yeah. What the heck? <laughs> oh, have you? have we can probably cut this part off because all of this is off yeah. topic have you guys heard the reporting about the blazers draft I'm getting a little bit nervous what no they're apparently just interviewing some wild players like oh we've no got, we've got the 16th pick and they're interviewing guys who aren't even expected to be taken in like the top 40 so why I don't, I don't know I think Neil shea is gonna is making some interesting decisions is he losing it a little bit <laughs> I, I don't know i'm just trying to trust the process but oh no, dude i'm all that concerned
2: right now oh dude no maybe he like met with um whoever is in charge of who the spurs draft because they're always smart
0: yeah <laughs> finding gems true. hopefully oh that makes me nervous yeah all right Thanks i think a for-
1: 72 game season or something now yeah,
0: yeah. 72 damn all Dude, right it's
2: crazy that some players had nine months off and like freaking lebron and them get two months off it's
0: crazy yeah yeah but like when you consider lebron got two months off but then he only had to play for like two months and before that he got four months off like i don't really yeah think- yeah that's true that's true nobody should be too fatigued i don't that's think that's true
2: I, I just think it'll be really interesting to see the players who haven't played in so long.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, can, it's hard to imagine. like If players really like focused and locked in, like they could m- have made so many improvements. Yeah, to, like, facts. So there gonna, are going to be some people who look like completely different players. Like, That's Jackson. dope. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it'll be exciting. To so, see. All right, boys. All right. Okay. Thanks, you guys. All right.
2: Bye-bye. You see? Bye.